Kevin's still pissed about the drone, so he sent me down to Tactical Distributors. I'm like the intern janitor or something. But, so I'm in the warehouse. It's pretty cool though. They got like hundreds of brands of stuff. They got like Altama, Sitka gear. They got everything. Like check some of this stuff out. I was looking through earlier. They got like Barrel Concepts, little mag holders, you know. This one was cool. They got Solomon. So like Solomons are normally pretty expensive, but TacticalDistributors.com, Unpossible 15 gets you 15% off. It's not expensive anymore. This one they got MTHD. It's like their in-house thing. It's super cool. It's kind of like Patagonia. It's just like it's a new thing. Jay, it's really cool. Come on, man. I told you. You want me to call Kevin? No, no, no. Check it out. ask them where we are and who they are but fanboy you could probably tell I, I don't know i don't know too much but yeah we're in virginia beach we're at gbrs group um don't really need an introduction everyone kind of knows who you are but what does that stand for global what global battlefield research solution correct. That is correct. Fuck me, dude, i'm good i told you fanboy he's playing it all yeah 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 okay so cool dj who are you guys what do you do uh let me go first, Sean. DJ Shipley, um, CTO at GBRS Group, retired SEAL. Did uh, 17 years and I got medically retired. So from 2002 to 2019, um, served on an East Coast based SEAL team. And now we start a training company amongst every other thing we do that just happens to shoot really cool content um, and speak super clear. Um, like honest facts, man. Like it doesn't have to be fancy to be efficient. You have uh, to train every fucking day, and you got to be in the gym. Like you can't fake it. Uh, the gym thing. Yeah, fuck, All right, man. So you got to do it, bro. I know. I got. I got to get on it. I you got to do it for your so. kids, if nothing else. Well, man, those brats, whatever. I got to do it for me because I'm getting old, and I want to hunt and do shit that requires me to be physically fit. You got to have a why. I got. I, yeah, I got it. So now. That's what we do. Is we we help people find their why and then polish it. So the training, what, what all does this involve? What kind of training are we doing here? Every, everything but open water scuba. We actually, oh, somebody, somebody emailed that and I just said no. Nope. I'm not putting on a dive rig. Oh, I'm not doing drag. I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing, no. No. So everything else you guys were, yeah. were trained to do and learned in your service. Yeah, I mean, our bread and butter is CQB. Shooting. Yeah. Really big into the jump stuff, me and Cole, so... The jump stuff? Yeah. Like out, out of planes? Yeah. Perfectly good ones. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Ooh. We got a little insight earlier before off air. And Big balls. Pretty sweet. What What'd you hear that was great? Uh, DJ enjoys when the shoot doesn't open, it seems. Well, he gets yeah. excited about it. I don't know it's if he necessarily sick. likes Dude, it. but I'll tell you what, man. Talk about the pucker factor. Yeah instantaneous feeling yeah. alive quick there yeah huh? dude you have it you have a super sporty opening it looks up and it's just a bag of shit yeah oh boy. you just saying it is causing me massive anxiety well, i'm gonna have to have a drink there's a video that there's wait, a video wait shout out to 
Jody. Oh, he yeah. brought us this last night. Birthday so boy, he's, Jody. He's going to get me through the anxiety that I'm yeah. going to suffer through in this. Yeah, well, there's a video that Ford Observations Group posted, um, and it's DJ, and I'll share it. Um, and it's kind of hard to tell because it's slowed down a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the camera, it's kind of hard to see how hard you're spinning. But Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, oh. we were talking about outside. Like That shoot is so small. For the guys to jump, it's a Valkyrie 96, and it's spun up behind me, so I'm on a really heavy wing load for for me, and I'm like 2.6. I mean, I'm not a packet of peanuts coming out of the airplane. Right, yeah. like 260 pounds coming out of that bird. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, when that thing spins up, it, all the blood rushes to your feet. So if you hang on for too long, you'll just black out. That parachute doesn't know it's in a dive. Your reserve will deploy if you're hitting a certain speed, but if not, you'll just ride that fucking thing in, and you'll die. Yeah. So... In that video, it shows me spinning on my back. It's because the parachute has spun up so tight, it's knocking my head forward. So I can't do anything. Right. The centrifugal force is so fast that I'm starting to black out. So when I chop, I spin laterally on my back. I jettison across the sky for the guys that know how to fly. I'm dropping a knee, trying to roll over to get belly to earth so I can deploy my reserve. I don't jump with an RSL or a satellite. So, so what happened? You're saying, so you pulled something and it released that yep. shoot that's fucked. I chopped it away and I don't have an... Like uh, chopped it away, like Rambo with a knife? No, no, like you have a cutaway cable. Pull that thing, it jettisons your main. But I have to Hope roll your parents over. aren't listening to this right yeah. now. I'll show you the video. <laughs> so I have to roll over and get belly to earth to deploy my reserve. Yeah. And it takes so long because I don't have the downward force. I don't have downward force yet. I'm just jettisoning across the sky. I have to wait for that to settle to do it. I mean, I could rush. I could panic at the disco, but that was the point of showing the video. Right. Like, I am at this point because it's my reserve. It's my last line. I am going to sacrifice a little bit of altitude to make sure I get that thing in a clean air. Because if I deploy it when I'm on my back and that thing comes out, Anything but perfect, I am gonna fucking die. Proper fuck. Well, is that a, that is, it. is that a ta- that video specifically? Is that a talking point uh, towards why people may not want an RSL? Well, it is. Um, yeah. It's kind of the uh, it was kind of our main reason. Like yeah, our coaches in the industry, uh, the guys that don't jump RSLs, they have a very good reason why. Right. If I want to shit can that thing, it's because it's spun up more than likely, and it's throwing me into a super deep dive that I'm not going to recover from. And if I deploy my reserve in close proximity. Those line twists are going to transfer. Right. If I'm already low to the ground, let's say we're doing a big way and I pitch at 2,500 feet, I snivel, I open up at 1,200, yeah. and I've got a down. Yeah. I don't have time now. You're right. Like, 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 like people, seconds. yeah, people push you in the basement and you have to. I have to deploy low and now it's spun up. If I don't shit can it right now, yeah. I'll burn in. You're going to burn in, yeah. But then we talked about it. These, these canopies are four grand. Right. Yeah. Like, dudes just aren't going to jettison that thing over the middle of the interstate to never see it again. It's yeah, that's the that's the thing I never even thought about is that obviously you guys pay for your all your gear, so it's like, yeah, when you cut away, it's every going. time you chop, it's about you've got about forty five hundred bucks on the line every time you chop. Yeah, wait, you can't recover it. Well, you and can, you, but if you if don't, you do. But a lot of times you lose them, right? Guys put GPS yeah. trackers in these fucking things. Yeah, well, it makes As sense. You it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. dude, yeah. my fucking first car wasn't five grand. Mm. Yeah. I think like, what DJ's leaving out is that you only have a few seconds to make that decision, mm. price included. But if you don't... While you're this, panicking. The centrifugal <laughs> force will burst all your blood vessels in your eyes, and uh, you'll pass out. Yeah, yeah. this sounds so amazing. I can't wait for us to go do this. Um, is that why, like, well, you kind of kind of talked about it off air, but is that kind of one of the main reasons that guys uh, will get fucked up, is that they don't cut away soon enough? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it won't get better yeah. the closer you get to the ground. Like, 
people rarely die in free fall. Right. It's on landing. Yeah. A lot of times, if it's under reserve, that's why. You're so low, you're already blacked out. You know, you've got two canopies out. They surge low to the ground, you pound in. Right. Imagine hitting the ground at 150 miles an hour. <laughs> no. <Nope. Or> whatever. <laughs> I mean, nope. like, like, you see the guys do the swoop competitions, yeah. how fast they're coming wow. in? Yeah. Like, a three-degree angle change. Right. And you hit the ground, it's over, yeah, bro. Yeah, turn Everything jello. from your hips down are jello. Yeah. They are. Yeah. But, I mean, those are all the guys we train with, like, right. best dudes on earth. Right. And, I mean... You talk about accuracy, like, dude, those guys can thread that needle wherever they need to. Oh, well, it sounds it's like. It's so impressive. Jeffro Provenzano from Red Bull Air Force, I've never seen anybody do that shit. All right. He'll be, he brought that thing in the middle of an apple orchard backwards. <laughs> he does a blind man through a fucking apple orchard, like, six-inch of clearance on either side of his canopy. Well, Perfect. I guess if, yeah, you have to do that to save your life, amazing how accurate you can be. Right. I yeah. don't know. This seems crazy. This dude just does it for fun. It, it rem- all I could think about when you're telling that story is the Red Bull fucking astronaut diver dude mm. oh, that yeah. got into the spin and everything, and they're like, oh, he's going to die on national tele- or worldwide television, and yeah, fine. No, he wasn't in any, he wasn't in any danger of dying. I mean, he, he's got an AED. The yeah. thing would have deployed, but what we were, what I was worried about, it was he was going to panic and deploy too early oh and get all fucking it, well up. no then he basically loses all his records he's trying to get the max free oh, fall time right. so like if you if you deploy super high one that main's not guaranteed to work yeah the entire system's based on you having a good exit and deploying at a certain altitude so altitudes matter everything oh, fucking matters that, that was like the cool all these things video. matter here everything <laughs> yeah everything yeah. fucking matters Can you imagine the logistics behind that though they're clearing airspace the the clearing space just for this space. dude to potentially <laughs> blow it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of our dudes, he was a guy that essentially ran most of the program. Yeah. Luke Akins. Oh, like, yeah? Like that dude, if you ever want to do anything with a... With nope. A, like he was the same guy that jumped out with a no parachute, landed in that. That's him. Oh. Oh, didn't Travis Pastrana do that no, too? Well, he got... Someone grabbed onto him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you mean dude, no parachute, yeah, landed in the net? Into a net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that. Dude. Yeah. We watched that POV on his phone. Oh, yeah. Like... Let's fucking go, buddy. (laughs) It is so awesome. Like, how excited he is that he made that jump. Yeah. We talked about the whole training progression because that's what I was fascinated with, the logistics behind that fucking stunt. I always think it, even like Evil Knievel, it's like you can do all the thinking about it you want, but at some point you got to peg the throttle. Yeah. Yeah, so how how long, what was the build-up to that? What was the time frame? I mean, like, the logistics behind it, getting the approvals to do it. Um Different forms, different factions didn't want him to do it because it was claimed as skydiving, but he's not using a parachute. So what body governed like oh, blah, 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 yeah. blah, all that shit, yeah. all the red tape he had to go through. Then they were going to make him jump with a chute. I can't because I haven't tested that. If I do, it'll break my fucking spine. Like, you know, like all, all the different obstacles. Right, like, yeah. Like people last minute, you know, the fine details. That hey, wh- what are you going to do? Do it without the chute, yeah, then yeah. you arrest me when I land. Yeah. But like, so what was funny is he talked the entire progression even in the wind tunnel, he rolled to the right, uh-huh. rolled to the right, rolled to the right, rolled to the right. The day of, the only one that Go fucking left. mattered, he rolled to the left. Go left, yeah. And he was left, like, already. If you look at that video, like, he's off-centered. He's right. off-centered left, and he still rolled to the left. I'm like, hmm. I mean, dude, I was in my living room watching it. Like, Do you think I was, it was texting a- all the group, like, holy fuck, man. Yeah. Do you I'm think like, it was a cognitive choice for him to go, I'm yeah. going left? When I asked him, he didn't have a reason. He's like, I have no idea. Yeah. He's like, it was time to roll, and I rolled. All right. Yeah. Man was relaxed. Yeah. Had a couple shots. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Dude, he is, like, as far as jump planning goes, that dude's amazing. Yeah. Everything he touches. Cole, you, awesome. you like this jumping out of planes stuff? You guys do it for fun now. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've started. I mean, we started doing it on our own um, after we went through free fall school. Spent a lot of time and oh, so know, private money on our just doing it for fun and getting better. So even when you guys were on teams, you were doing it outside of that yep. for fun on weekends. Oh, mm-hmm. it seems like th- the best thing in the world because seeming uh, all invincible. Well, I mean, I was just in Texas with the Fog guys and I had to hear all about one of them getting his A license, and now all the other dudes are like he's wrangling everyone into it. So seems like everyone's doing it, and I get it. Mm. I'm down. I want to do it. Tommy I'm and I are the plane. I mean, it's in my blood. That's right. You don't want me flying it. Mm-hmm. Tommy and I said we're going to do it. I just don't want to jump tandem, so I want to find out how I can do it without jumping oh, tandem. First. I want a video of you jumping tandem. Start in the tunnel. In the tunnel, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah. have those everywhere now. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a pride thing. I just I know it's possible to do it that way, so I want to do it that way. When did they start doing tandem? That's like a relatively new thing, isn't it? I like should know this because I'm a tandem master. <laughs> 20 or 30 years. It's yeah, not yeah. like super old, is it? No. I mean, yeah. it's for the military, it's pretty old, like like early 80s, uh, late 70s. I mean, the evolution of canopy and skydiving, you know, it was like a hockey stick, just kind of like the guns and defense industry. It's kind of ramped up and yeah, all the new technology and how the sails work and, and wings. I mean, like, I don't it's even amazing. know how they did it before. Yeah, like, I mean, like the engineering team that goes behind that, right? In the person, like when you open up some of these canopies, it's the equivalent of getting in a fucking Ferrari. Like that thing opens really? up over your head, and when you unstow those toggles, dude, you feel oh, it yeah. build yeah, yeah. and it builds and it builds, and you're like, holy shit! Well, it's, that's something that I think the average person doesn't even consider is that there's different square footage on canopies and stuff like yeah, that. Like, dude, like, like people don't understand a military parachute—the one you jump at work at, you know, the tenth uh, SF. Mm-hmm. They jump a 360 square foot canopy. Like that's what right. it is. Your typical sport canopies are 230 square feet all the way down to 74s. Right. So like when you get into the cross brace kind of phenomenon, the super high performance, they're all 100 square foot and below. That's a twin bed sheet, man. Like yeah. it's a small canopy. And you and said that one that from that video was 96. Is that what you said? Yeah, that, that one's 96. Yeah. But going out the door, like 240, 250. I was gonna say you're like not a small boy. No, like depending on what we have on there. Yeah, man. Like. Like, I'm 220 naked. Like, that rig that rig weighs 25 pounds. The helmet weighs this. The right. GoPro, everything else. Like, weight adds up quick. But these guys that swoop, they put 25 pounds of weight on. Right. Like what, what, what's the speed when you're when you're coming in? When you're close to the ground, how fast you going? On the small wings? Well, it depends on how fast you get the centrifugal. You have to build the centrifugal force. So you start putting it into a turn to build up speed, build up speed. And at the last minute as it arcs, and put some rear risers and some body correction to plane it out on itself. So why are you building up speed so you can get you like the landing? You, you want to go this? We're trying to build up speed. Yeah. So we go horizontal instead of vertical. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Kind of a good comparison too is like, you imagine going from a Honda Civic to an Audi, you know, S8, whatever, and now you go to an F1 race car. Different kind of performance controls, but you're kind of exposing yourself to how much more danger and performance. Right. Yeah, and, and you jump in an F1 car like. Can you drive it like those other racers? Right. You're yourself. crashing at 200, not 65. You're somebody not you. about crashing. All right, first of all. Mm. But so so you're hauling ass coming in, and then you slow down to, I guess, where you can like walk it off, huh? No, you plane it out and touch down feet nice and easy and drag yourself to a nice stop. Do you put a full on, slide? Put on the brakes. That's got to be a good feeling. It is. When it works like that. When you don't. But, uh, but I like, mean, if you add in an extra inch of rear risers too much, yeah. you'll collapse the entire canopy and you'll eat shit. If you do that at 15 feet at 60 miles an hour, it's over. Yeah. Oh, 
like and that's exactly what it is yeah it's, it's at the bottom end so we talk about cutaways and yeah. people buying time because they don't want to shit can that $5,000 wing. Like it's so much easier. Like for the military guys, it should never be an option. Right. Like if it's wrong, shit can it right now. Yeah. Talk about it. Like if you cut away instantly, you can get back in the stack and like you can right. have a normal skydive. It could be completely safe. If you wait to the bottom end, it will not get better. Yeah. That thing is not moving. That ground will be there when you meet it. Yeah. If you meet it at a mile an hour or 100 miles an hour, it'll be there. Yeah. Like, I think one of those attractive things on skydiving is, you know, we spent an entire career in the military and it was always putting your life on the line based off the decisions you made. And we get the same feeling skydiving. Mm. So, like, we're pushing the limit. We know the risks. If we're not performing, we're probably not going to walk out of this. Good way to stay sharp, I guess. Yeah. You want to be around. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, get, you guys, you guys met in the Navy. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. lived probably 30 minutes away from each other in our entire childhood, but didn't meet until in the military. For real? Mm-hmm. Where are you guys from this area? Yeah, I grew up in Norfolk. Yeah, I grew up 20 minutes on the road. Okay. So, you, but, but you meet in the Navy, and you guys are close in age. Yep. Yeah, I actually, I rolled in his class. He finished Hell Week, and I had gotten rolled for a pool comp. It's part of the diving yeah. portion. I got rolled back, and when you meet him, like, you watch the other class come up behind you, so, like, you could spot all the fuck faces. Like, like all the young punks, so I instantly yeah. knew who I was going to go introduce myself. And so, um, had one of the older guys buy me some beer, grab two cases of beer, and I walked up there and literally introduced myself. Like, hey, I'm DJ, I'm rolling in your class. Let's not skip the fact that he was 17 and couldn't buy cigarettes. No, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, couldn't buy Copenhagen going through Bud's. Yeah. Can you fucking believe that? I didn't go through Buds, but I yeah. can't believe it either. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> like, I'm in the fucking name. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, you're in Buds, buds and you can't buy it. Yeah, bro, yeah. like, I'm in Buds. I'm doing right. fucking log PT with these grown-ass <laughs> men. I yeah. have no fucking Welcome to America. You can't you can rent do a all this. car. Yeah. Bro, I had one disposable fucking razor. Like, oh, yeah. Like, when they would beat Did me, you need to shave at that no, point? No, dude. Like, <laughs> I didn't have armpit hair. Bro, I didn't. Like, I was a fucking late broomer, bro. I was 135 fucking pounds. Oh. I was a tiny little man. Yeah. And they fucking worked my ass. It sucked. But yeah, but I introduced myself to this dude and his little group of cronies, and yeah, we all latched on. It's like the the hateful eight, man. Yeah, we just everybody was nineteen or younger. And yeah, were, were you, you guys always on the same team? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we left. We left buds. Went to team ten. Okay. Went to the same team. Mm. Or, mm. No, this fucking asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> so me and you him, talking about Jay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me and Cole were super tight in buds. Back when Jay um, was six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What what year? 2003? Yeah. I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so, like, so me and Cole are going through training, doing that whole fucking thing. And it comes time to pick orders. Like, what coast do you want to go to? Yeah. I'm going home. Like, I'm like, hey, you coming? And he fucking, he wanted to stay out there and go surfing. And I was like, you have got to be shitting me. So he had orders to team one. There's on the a, West lot, Coast. Lot of, a lot of pretty girls in San Diego. Yeah, for sure. But you ain't got time for that. Like, it's a G-Watt. Like, we got to go, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, if you move to the East Coast, it's a... It's a really short flight. Were they split up? Was this before it, it, everyone was just going everywhere? Was it regionally? Was yeah. each team regional? No, no not really. Because it's because it's G what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. By that time, they, that kind of regional thing kind of went yeah. out the window. Yeah, it was like everybody's Iraq, Afghanistan, just flip flopping. Right. Um, so I had orders, and they came in. We were sitting in Alaska. They gave everybody the orders, and they said, "Hey, all the guys going to the East Coast." Are going to Team Ten, and you're gonna you're gonna deploy super fucking early, so you can't take leave. You got to go straight there. So you're going straight to fucking Iraq. This dude's eyes got all big, and he went, "Who wants to swap?" 
And one of the dudes like, I'll fucking swap you. And then everybody started doing a lottery. Who wanted yeah, to go? Yeah. Oh, you, you really got that. to see. Yeah. I don't, dude, oh, I've I don't never heard of that before, but they let them all do so, it. So out of our class, I well, think maybe time, four I guys got West Coast orders. And I'm just really good at networking, so I already had the detailer give me West Coast orders. So it was kind of like a thing. Like, this guy wanted to stay. I was like, I want to. This is what I signed up for. I want to go. Easy swap and... Going back home, I grew up here. I was like, my parents were kind of excited coming home. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess <laughs> everyone. It, it, it is. A, it's it's interesting. It's a regional thing here. Everyone in, from Virginia, West Virginia, they all want to yeah grow up to be Navy SEALs. Like the the Navy did a good job with that. I, I mean, I don't know. think it was as popular back then. Back do, then, do, do, do growing up my school, like twenty minutes on the road. People make fun of me. Like nobody knew what a Navy SEAL was in two thousand. Oh, they don't play the do- they don't no. play the documentary Navy SEALs at your school. Mm-hmm. No, because no well, Charlie hey, Sheen. Well, hey, they might now. Back then, like <laughs> people thought my dad was a fucking circus performer. Like when you hear your dad's a Navy SEAL, right. you're like, they make a stupid fucking SEAL yeah. sound. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, like my my fucking dad's a commando. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Just uh, weird. Yeah, and then they don't believe you. Interesting. I mean, friend of mine who had a very successful career in the army. It's from West Virginia. His whole life, and he's 10 years older than you guys, wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And he uh, couldn't pass the hearing test. So he figured out, like, how to cheat and then went and joined the Army, like, to game the system. And so ended up, you know, that's the only reason that he ended up in, you know, a, a SOCOM asset for the Army was because he couldn't, the Navy wouldn't take him. Dude, hey, so fun fact about that shit is how many guys you figure out have some kind of weird, oh, uh, yeah. weird thing they've had to cheat to to get into the military. Yeah, yeah. another guy uh, who who actually was with us when we started Q uh, from you know uh, y'all's cousins. Uh, same thing, colorblind had had to cheat to get in. You remember when Nick broke his back? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, man. Like guys that want to do something that are motivated, like let them find a way around shit like that. You're like, not cheating. You're not trying. I mean, this guy broke his back in SQT. Basically, there's buds, SQT, and go to a team. Broke his back in SQT. Didn't miss a day. So didn't miss a minute. God, it seems so like rehabbed. so crazy. But number one, you get guys that are so driven and are probably typically physical studs would be successful at most physical things. And then you're hurting all the time anyway. Like any kind of like intense physical training. Uh, I don't know, never been to Buds, but any intense, phys- like guys that are training for marathons, Ironman, like you're always fucking injured. So I could see where you could have like fractures and stuff and not even really know it because your your legs are hurting for a year straight because you're, you know, so running 10 miles a day or whatever. Like me and him are going through a selection um, and I broke my hip on a jump, like <laughs> broke my femoral fucking neck off. I came back like atrophied. I couldn't fucking move it when got x-rays benign. Finished jumping another 50 fucking jumps on that thing. Up and down Dugway, doing a bunch of stuff, climbing, a bunch of fitness shit. We were actually doing a physical test, and they came back in. They were like, hey, you got to go get an MRI. It's been weeks at this point, like four weeks. Um, We go back and get an MRI, and my fucking hip is 70% still fractured, and they're like, emergency surgery tomorrow. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we did the NFL combine that week. (laughs) <laughs> like, like we were doing the broad jump, like one yeah, the vertical. Yeah. I'm like, uh, on one leg. That's sure you guys love wrestling. Yeah. 24 years old. Oh, oh dude, like blew my hip out. It yeah. was fucking toast. Downwind landing, super hard impact. Boom. Yeah. And I knew it. Like I knew something was wrong. Right, yeah. 
I couldn't walk. Like doing buddy carries that day. Ugh. Like I came back. It got to the point I couldn't even pick my leg up to hit the gas. Right. I'd have to move it from gas to brake, like under assistance. Oh, it was fucking Jesus. wild, man. Yeah. You know, with everyone's love for wrestling like mine, remember uh, Kurt Angle? I do, the Olympian. Won a gold medal with a broken neck. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. I mean, that's, yeah, he's paying the price now, but Mindset. he was a stud, man. I mean, he, he decided he was going to win. Well, the, Gronk, those guys. The quitting thing, too, like, I didn't go to Bud's either. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't go to Bud's. No. Um, no. I wasn't even Did you go to flight school? No, fuck no. Yeah, um, no shit. But part of, like, <laughs> certain things, yeah, certain things, like, for you guys, if I mean, there's the there's the I'm gonna not quit because I just don't want to quit. But also, there's the unknown. Like if you quit, like what are you going on a ship? Like there's there's not an option I to don't quit. No, like, man. I mean, I think if you've always wanted to do something from childhood, right? And, the, then, and then you're with whatever thirty, fifty, a hundred other dudes. It's like who's gonna give up? Like you give up probably way early. Yeah, everyone. Well, yeah. But definitely everyone. if you're by yourself. No, Dude, it's not like. Like, people like to ask, what was the hardest thing? Like, Hell Week? Hell Week was hard. Easiest thing I ever did. You just show up and don't quit. Right. Wait till you're super tired, cold, hungry. Sleep deprived. And now you actually got to make a fucking decision that matters. Well, and they're telling you you can quit. Yeah. It it can all be over. They're encouraging it. Right, yeah. Like, please quit. Yeah. Like, you get down there, and and you got to understand that every single person that has ever entered that program is the most important guy in their family. Right. In their hometown. Every single person knows he's about to be Navy SEAL. Right. Everyone. Yeah. When you make that call back to mom and dad and tell them it didn't happen, right. she's got to go to see Karen at the fucking beauty shop and tell her, and she's going to tell the entire network. Yeah. Everybody you at the quit. local Walmart's going to know that your son just quit butts. Right. That's the fear part. Where it's it like is. That and also, if I don't, do like, I'd be afraid of, like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? Like, if I don't do this, I'm going to be mopping the floor on a ship for 10 years. Anytime you would see their PTs, like, I'd go to Team 2, and I'd watch the old man, and that was back in, like, the Rudy Bosch days. It's like, buddy carry oak horses. Oh, your dad. Oh, well, you know, there's another thing. Like, if your dad's done it, yeah, you you, you got it. You can't let your dad down. Well, no. I mean, people do that shit all the time, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at all that shit... All I knew for sure is that I was going to do that forever. Like, yeah. I thought log PT was a continuous thing. Right. Because you get into Yeah, you get into that thing, too, where you're, you're, you've done it for so many weeks, and you just des- you decide, like, oh, this is what my life so, is like. So, well, are, were any of you, let, let's say, are you two, were you more physically gifted than other guys? No, less. So, it is a mental thing. Yeah, it so, is. I mean, it's I, like anything at a high was level. Fucking low on the bar. When yeah, I I, I, any anything that's like high level like that, it just gets to mental. I mean, yeah. you think about like it's interesting seeing in golf Tiger Woods' career. You know, like okay, so it's golf, it's not fighting, but holy shit, the mental. I mean, golf is mental. Like the physical part of that is. There, most men should be able to do that. But the mental part of that, and you see his career. He's got times where he's an alien. He's so good, and then where. Hell, you're probably as good as him. And, out. you know, there's no difference in him physically. Yeah, like, yeah. he's still in his prime. Did you see his uh, latest documentary? No. No, I need to. I, I bet his say, real it life It starts from childhood. And you want to, and you're curious on where his mental toughness came from? Yeah. His dad. Just watch it. Yeah, yeah. His kid's a specimen, too. They did that thing recently oh, really? where the kids were out. Or, like, they could bring someone with them, and his kid was, and it's, it's like a carbon copy. I mean, of I mean, you would think. I mean, something like that too. I mean, it goes one of two ways. It seems, but if 
if your dad is the best in the world at something and it consumes him, like you're gonna get exposure. <laughs> and now it's like so different than if you're you had a, a, a parent who was a pro athlete in like the seventies or eighties. Like it's just such a big business now. I mean, look at Tom Brady or LeBron James and like the support that they have. Like they have a whole support team, you know, just for all types of wellness. Like it's yeah. That's interesting. Were you about to tell us you were a specimen going into buds? You were a specimen, physical specimen? No. Um, mm. I definitely grew up swimming and mm. spent a lot of time in the surf. Um, yeah, dude. Spe- specimen. Yeah, he, there, yeah, he was a fine I specimen. would throw all the guys off because we basically spend the entire day in the water, wet, sandy. And all I could think about was how good the surf was about 30 minutes away. And once this was over... I was going to go surf and back in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah, because oh, buds, so you, you guys So you just grew up with a natural love for the water. Yeah. Pisces. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Wow. Pisces. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. That was just fucking sick. <laughs> Pisces. Man, hey, I, I'm with I it. I for Forget water, DJ. Sorry. Hey, man, you, you know, when I was a kid, I've said it before. I don't know if you guys have ever watched our podcast, but I've said it. Like, when I was a kid, like, I didn't, like, I like Star Wars pretty good, but, like, I didn't like... My family didn't own guns, and we weren't into guns. And I didn't even like like GI Joe when I was a kid. I wanted like to grow Barbie up to be a, to be a pirate. Like that's what like to me when I was Kinda a kid, cool. I became fascinated at a young age with like pirate movies, and I'm like, this is what a man is. Like to me, that was my, yeah, I love it. I love the ocean and shit. But it's like to me, I always just think I want to be a pirate. That'd be pretty like cool. if I were if I were a billionaire, if I'm Elon Musk, fucking I just pirate. gotta. Yeah, not that. Well, you when you grow up, you start learning, you start reading about pirates, and you find out they're all. Man, banging you don't each know other. they weren't there. Oh, the fuck, they weren't. Those dudes were all banging each other. Oh sure. yeah. Spartan okay, pirates. so I'm not going to be Spartans your kind too. of pirate or your kind of pirate. <laughs> oh, for sure. Spartans so, were too. Dude, big time. It's all three documented years shit. on a boat together. Yeah. No chicks. If the Navy's doing dude. it now, no, they're you, doing you it land then too. and you pillage, and you, there's women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nah, guys know nothing. Watch that, a fucking pirate movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh man, God. So how's that pilot thing going? I haven't started yet, but I've looked. Like I'm I can not do even it right sure you can ride on my plane. Now. Did you just kind of? Put it off, and after that, well, the, everyone wouldn't shut the fuck up about me crashing everything. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, I can't tell everyone I'm in pilot school or flight school or whatever because they're gonna—that's the only joke that's gonna happen." But yeah, I'm gonna start it. It's it's easy. They fly themselves now. <laughs> but if I do it, you, you guys see can what jump I'm working with anytime. See what I'm working. You got to buy a fucking parachute. You got to get an A license now. If you're gonna let him <laughs> yeah. fly you, dude. I'm that shit goes south, but you got to go. <laughs> yeah, get hey, you set up on a little static. If plane? I can, if I. Do it like I say I'm going to do it. At least tandem out the back of my plane. Who's going to fly it then? No, I'm going to fly it. But if I if I get my license, trust I'm me, good if to you go, get your license, I'm only getting on your plane with a parachute. That's what I mean. But like, it's a whole thing. Challenge. All right, we'll do it. I'll jump out of it. You get your. Will you strap license. Kevin to the front of you? Yeah. Yeah, he'll we'll strap him to you. He'll face you, chest him <laughs> upside down. Heated sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Fucking send yeah. it. All yeah. right. <laughs> Well, if it's your last year, no way he'll do it. My man, he's busy. He's got comics and shit to read. He ain't going to go do it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read a comic, but I'll try. Yeah, he, dude, He's I, playing cool, man. Shoulder can't do it anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, it's fucking toast. I went out and jumped with him. Uh, go get some stem cell. Yeah, down to Panama. Yeah, you got 25 Gs I can fucking borrow? Yeah, he do. probably does. Yeah, I do. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah, I do okay. The, you need some money? Yeah, you got all the stem cells. I'll go down there and get them. Dude, I watched that thing with uh, so my father-in-law, retired seal. But we're super inbred in my family. Like, everybody's a seal. Yeah. Um, my father-in-law, 
got diagnosed with MS after 30 years on a oh, fucking team. Shit, when he retired, so we've been pumping him full of stem cells and yeah. everything else. But that's what I was trying to do. We did a GoFundMe, raised a bunch of money, and got him that. But I wanted to go down. I saw that shit with Mel Gibson. Yeah, his and dad. His old man, holy shit. Yeah, his dad it, couldn't walk, basically. Have you seen how fucking good Mel Gibson looks? Oh, yeah. Dude, he's old as shit. Yeah. I mean, there's several. I, I've seen... I've watched probably 10 sort of mini documentaries uh, about that. Everything from like some UFC fighters to NFL to just some celebrities to, you know, people with some chronic stuff, just random people and fucking amazing. It's just so infuriating that we can't get that technology here. Well, we have to go there. Like we can. They just won't let us. Well, isn't that sort of the same thing? Yeah, that's true. You won't give us stem cells. You give us a fucking COVID vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> along the uh, same lines of well, while there's canopy, ca- while, there's canopies, the, while there's canopies in the top, but um, how do you feel about static line and guys still doing like? Do you think that's necessary anymore? No, no. Uh, I mean, well, I just feel like yeah. people get fucked up all the time. I mean, like you know, I've got friends in eighty second shit, yeah, and like well, I mean, you gotta look at why they do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like what capability like, they're doing it for? Yeah, like yeah. why are they doing that? Like right. why does the Ranger Regiment still right. static line? Yeah, because not everybody's free fall. Like yeah. you don't need to be, right? But we need to get, deliver like a thousand motherfuckers, over, <laughs> right? Yeah, like Normandy style. Like you got to right. be able to static line those yeah. guys in. Yeah, um, I mean the logistics to try to clear twelve thousand feet of airspace just for a just for a normal skydive, right? Not even like a crazy offset. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah, like it's really easy to cruise these dudes over low to the ground and dump them all out. Yeah. Have um, you ever watched Elon Musk's like two podcasts? Yeah, and how he kind of started and what he started with the platform and kind of what he reinvented. Kind of with his background and story, you give that to us? With this? Oh, God, because I was about to blow you guys the fuck up with some questions about things, but I'll save it. Um, y- you know, like I've said before and I said a moment ago, I, I, gr- I grew up in the city um, with uh, my family's from South Georgia, from the country, grew up on farms, came to the city in, um, in the 60s. And uh, I wouldn't say they were absolutely anti-gun, but we didn't have guns. They weren't real into it. And I, I, I was fascinated with, with guns, but anything mechanical, like all the men in my family, like my father, when I was young, built an airplane and flew it. And all like his brothers are all either uh, architect, engineers, or in finance, all math and mechanically inclined. And, um, Firearms interested me. I think my my father is much smarter than I am. But firearms, it's like the maximum. Like I couldn't design like aircraft, but with guns, I can understand it. It's at a level where it makes sense to me, and I understand it. So with all that being said, you know, like I think I was fortunate to find firearms, but I didn't grow up. You know, probably like you guys, like you, you know, your family's all Navy SEALs. You're gonna be a fucking Navy SEAL. Like you're into that shit. Like I just didn't, and I didn't care that much. Um, but I re- and I think it's been an interesting like in, in retrospect so far with my career it, it's been an interesting place because like I don't love our industry from a like the Second Amendment to me is no more important than the other amendments other than it's the one that guarantees I can say whatever the fuck I want because I got a gun. Um, but you know even from that perspective like two a yeah it's important it's not more important than me being able to say whatever I want or for my daughter to have the right to vote when she's a proper age or any of this other shit. It, it's like, 
So from that perspective, I just believe in fucking freedom. Everybody should be able to do whatever they want if it doesn't fuck with someone else. And I appreciate the sacrifices that have been made, not just from you guys and guys and your tenure or your dads or your father-in-law, but, you know, dudes 200 years ago, what it took for us to have this shit. But with guns, it came to... I was interested in it. I shot a gun with a silencer as a teenager with Navy SEALs, actually. And it was MP5 SD, and they had all their guns out, and I was at a range thing, and I was like, shot that. And I was fucking amazed. And I'm like, why don't all your guns have silencers? It was the only one. And, you know, I got whatever answer. But in hindsight, like, that's the day I started my company because it was very fascinating to me. I was like, all these guns, like, it sucks. It's so loud. It's miserable. I don't like it. But this one is really cool, and it seems like it's a super advantage if all your guns were like this. And so that kind of started that journey. So you fast forward to working uh, within SOCOM and within the Navy, and uh, the Navy wanted 762 by 39 through uh, their M4 variant that they were using. And, but it doesn't work um, because the case head's too big, and the taper of the case requires a full curve magazine, which is a really great design. So if you see, like, your, probably not your dad, but the generation before him when they were Navy SEALs in Vietnam, they had the Stoner 63 rifle. It's a full fucking curve magazine because it's correct. Well, the 223 case has a slight taper, 7.62 by 39, much more aggressive. So the AK mag is really curved. So y- you guys had combat development working on that, but it doesn't work. It's not reliable enough for you guys for what you needed in combat. And so 300 Whisper was a Wildcat cartridge, which was basically the 223 case with a 308 bullet shoved in it. And so, you know, combat development's working with that, but it's not exactly right. And we started doing all the silencers for the, the SEAL teams with my old company. And so the head of CDD who... who you know, at the time, and we all know, and is a, a wonderful human being and was a great asset for, for uh, the Navy. Um, for he retired, he said, hey, Remington, this is the time I think they he knew they were buying my old company. They hadn't bought it yet. And he's like, working with this Wildcat cartridge, and, but it's not completely reliable. And could you guys, through your engineering and then having an ammo company now that's acquiring you, take a look at this and see if it's something you guys could help us with? Because we have I built like 20 guns or whatever, and like five of them work great, and the rest don't. But the five guys that have the ones that work will not give them back. So the idea was a 30 caliber bullet through the uh, an M4 base gun that was the power of the AK with a short barrel, and you had a subsonic capability, which the Navy, fortunately, has always been very progressive with silencers. And I said, yeah, you know, let us look at it. And we go home, and we shoot at some. God dang it, man. Fucking planes. It's the Navy, man. Planes, Navy, Jesus. Air Force would do Air it, too. It'd be quiet. It'd be quiet. A-10? Yeah. Quiet. So, so we go home in a couple of weeks. We load up ammo and everything, and I'm like, huh. You know, this is has real potential, and it's cool. And silencers on the commercial market are becoming real popular. And for me, growing up in the South, too, it's like, this is like, uh, you know, the modern 3030, an AR with this. And so, you know, it kind of took off, and um, we did upper. So the Navy actually picked the barrel length, the 9-inch barrel, and we developed ammo for that because especially, you know, the war in Iraq, 
barrel lengths kept getting shorter, but all the ammo is designed for longer barrels. So we designed all the ammo for nine inch barrels and to be used in conjunction with silencers. And uh, that's a good one. Jesus. Yeah. Buzzing the tower. Yeah. Fucking goose is all like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I can't wait for that new Top Gun movie. Yeah, some like, I want to hate Tom Cruise, and I think he's the biggest idiot in the world. But fuck, he man, does, he does some of that. Top shit, Gun, man. awesome movie, and the new one looks fucking incredible. Awesome. I, I, I want to see it. I don't Let's care. So, anyway, um, so, so it's all good in the hood. We do three hundred blackout. We do uppers for for M four base guns, silencers. We come up with super and subsonic ammo that's good, reliable, full mag capacity. It's great. Um, but, you know, there was another asset within within SOCOM that really didn't have the, wasn't in the same position, but we could replace the MP5SD. And that was just like me, I think, being privy to some of the life cycle stuff and the way that things were done. And I knew that was a place where we could develop a gun and so the honey badger was born. And the first one, uh, so it was a new, a whole new weapon to get 300 blackout into the system in another unit that, um, you know, just gave them a capability that wasn't out there. And at the time, the big army was talking about a PDW, and this made all the sense in the world. And there's like, you know, the Knights Armament PDW yeah. they did, which was actually six whispers, so six by oh, 35. Yeah. And that was a four-pound gun, super fucking cool. No subsonic capability, yeah. but a cool gun, yeah. a great cartridge. One of the coolest. Yeah. But um, this was a way for us to, to get this into another unit. So the original one weighed four pounds with the silencer. It was super compact. It wasn't nearly as quiet as this. But they could see right away, like instead of having a submachine gun, something nine millimeter that weighs eight pounds, like, what are you going to? Like, there's this debate all the time. Like, a 9mm, an MP5SD, you know, has the ported barrel, so you're basically shooting a 380. Like, how far would you guys trust to shoot somebody with a 380? I don't really shoot people past 150. Fucking crickets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, That's because I, I have to. Yeah. I, but with a... My round of choice, I mean, if we're doing CQB with that thing, like, what do you do when you get outside? Right. I, I, yeah. Like, and what do you do with the fucking... The guy across the street comes out. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? You know what you're saying is exactly what this group said. Because I was thinking, even if you're wearing like leather coat and you know, like yeah, heavy winter time or something, yeah. even at 25, it's like, eh. like, but but what they said was, you know, we need it for you know whether it's hostage rescue or whatever. So it needs to be super lightweight, compact, and we want subsonic because we want it to be super quiet. So they like this configuration. They're like, we want supersonic just if shit goes bad outside. Because if we have 9 millimeter and somebody's shooting like with a PKM a block away or, or even an AK, like you're fucked. You got a 9 millimeter. Mm -hmm. And so that was the idea of this. And, 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 and so this gun was born. And, um, you know, it was interesting. And I loved it because at this time we started – been working with, with a lot of SOCOM for several years, and, and that's how I became real into it was they could move faster with weapon development. And then also, you know, you work with guys over time. They become your friends, and you understand actually what's going on. 
because um, you know my family didn't have a history of military service or anything, so I don't really, you know, you just don't really think about it. Like every other asshole, you just take shit for granted. Like why well, I get to do what I want every day, but then understanding that. But when you you become friends with these guys, and nine eleven kicks off, and it's like, oh, guys that you deal with, like they die, and it's like, okay, well, how can we help with that? And we have special operations units where we can maybe give them a little bit of an edge whether it's silencers, lighter guns, you know, like whatever the thing is, like a signature reduction, uh, j- just an ability, hopefully, to, to be more efficient and more effective and have a better shot at, you know, coming back. Like, that was kind of the whole goal. And then for me, it's like, you know, you couldn't always rely on military business, so, like, what's the commercial crossover? And that was always important to me because I don't want to have to charge you know, the military, $12,000 for this gun. Although within SOCOM, whether it's the Navy or the Army, guns cost nothing compared to, like, mobility and shit. Mm -hmm. But if I can make it a commercial success, then it's very easy for me to devote time and energy because I get so much testing and I become so educated on, you know, because whatever, I say it all the time, like, if you're going to shoot, if you got to shoot a terrorist with something... It's the same stuff for hunting primarily or either self-defense here or, or whatever. And I think I found my niche there. And the Honey Badger and 300 Blackout, I think, was really the first. It was, it was the first real product of that part of my career and, and, you know, in that passion. But I think, you know, that's where it came from. And, and the gun continues to evolve, but it's staying true to what it was 10 years ago. Super compact, lightweight, not a bunch of extra frills, but designed to be quiet and effective and offering super subsonic with something that's very lethal. I don't know. There's and a long even rant. Even the improvements on that you've made on it, too, as far as the fast twist barrel, that kind of thing, like that alone is, and we talked about it at dinner last yeah. night, like people just don't know enough about what happens when you spin the bullet faster, and it changes the game completely. And the fact that a lot of companies don't do it, like Daniel Defense doesn't do it on their PD, did their copy of this short barrel, and they're running one and eight. Like, yeah, it's it's dumb. I mean, improvements with this, you know, going with the fast twist barrel, tapered muzzle, adjustable gas block, but it's still lighter than everything else on the market. And that idea is, you know, if you're just going to run primarily subs, you tune it for that. And if you want to run primarily supers, you can tune it for that. Um, yeah, just continuous improvement as we learn and grow. Um, and I still, I mean, you can see, like, I go on, like, this fucking 15-minute rant about this stupid thing. It's like I'm still as passionate about it and believe in it and get excited every single day, you know, 27 years later. Here we are. No, it fucking should be. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, this, too, like, it's a four-and-a-half-pound gun, and it's not all skeletonized and what cool guy look. It's just it was done the right way. It wasn't just a half-assed thing yeah you guys probably know with all your equipment when you talk about like the fucking parachutes i'm sure there are parachutes you can get for a thousand bucks yeah and there's probably for me you take me to look at them like what the fuck's the difference and it's the same thing with this but we take a pound or pound and a half out of this compared to everyone else on the market because every part we took a few ounces out of where we could from a, a real engineering perspective not just hacking the barrel down to four inches or taking skeletonizing the receiver and you know you start doing that it's like the engineering it costs money like i say it all the time magic ain't cheap man oh you goddamn right it ain't (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean it's the same thing with training like you know you guys could watch videos on training and be like oh yeah i've never seen that cool okay i got it now like 
Yeah, not without going and doing it. You just can't replace it. You can't fake the reps, man. No. Like, you can't. Like, there is no shortcut to being a fucking black belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, like you can't. Because even from y'all's perspective, uh, uh, like, when we partner with other nations and you guys would, you know, like, whatever, be deployed and you do some training or you team up with other nations to do things, it's like, you can show the guy stuff, and that's cool. It doesn't... And I think you see the same thing with a lot of our products for another shameless plug is you can copy whatever we're doing, whether it's, you know, robotic welding or tubeless design, or you can paint your gun to look like ours. You can do all this shit, but you still got the same basic shit that weighs a pound and a half more. And Mm -hmm. you don't get the fast twit. You don't get all the things that we learn over time. Well, so another thing that we've kind of talked about, we talked about a little bit with Tom Smith um, from the army and everything. I think consumers, when they think of silencers, especially it's becoming way more popular now, I think the consumers just think about, I need the quietest thing that I can get. But maybe not so much now, but at least when you guys were active, like what was the point of you having silencers? What were things that you were looking for with a silencer? Well, uh, And maybe it transitions now, I don't know. I mean, I'll just talk from personal experience. I wasn't a fan of... uh the suppressors we had while I was in. Yeah. I wasn't. I thought they weighed too much. I didn't like the way they were attached. Uh, I didn't. Um, I thought they gave a shit ton of blowback. They were a nightmare. And I think the people that were testing the suppressors weren't doing it with a high understanding, a high CQB IQ, to know that that gun is very rarely sitting in a shoulder pocket, allowing the gas to dissipate out of the right port. It's yeah. not. Yeah. That thing's rolled over on its side. It, the shit is blowing back in my face, and it's, it's a serious issue. Yeah, it is like different rounds. Like, hey, man, I'm running what I can. Like, I might be running a combination of 77 grain and 70 grain. I might throw in. Um, I mean, we ran frange for a while. Yeah. Five, five, six. There was a time period. too oh, We didn't run suppressed. Yeah. Oh, d- dude, we didn't run suppressed in, o- in 05 a little bit. Yeah. Um, in 07, basically, everybody yeah. took them off. The yeah. B Myers flash hiders. Everybody put them back on. But I mean, I didn't run ear pro. Yeah. I didn't fucking wear Peltors until I was an adult. Yeah. My entire time oh, in teams. I didn't yeah, do your shit shot. You know, one, one interesting thing, because I hear you, and I think you're right for the time, but what a lot of people now don't understand, because I was there, you know, 15 years bef- before you and then through it. And, you know, like back then in 96, Knight's Armament did the SOP mod can. And by the time you guys come mm-hmm. on, you're like, fuck that thing, like, whatever. But it exceeded the requirement at the time. And, you know, and technology's really evolved with that stuff. But, you know, that's a lot A lot of times you're only going to get stuff good as your requirement that's written. And and so... Well, I mean, and we talk about it. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I'm a 19-year-old right. kid. I don't know a fucking thing about that night suppressor. But I know what it does in the middle of the night. And I adds when it launches off your gun. It's yeah. fucking yeah. bow lodge. Yeah. I, I know what that FOD walk down looks like yeah. for seven hours on your fucking hands and knees. With night vision, everybody's screaming at you. I know exactly what that looks like. Yeah. And then I know what that AEC does. Right. Like, that was the only two I really had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so then, like, when we did all the AAC stuff, and now, you know, it's like looking back at, you know, you when you go through buds at 135 pounds, and then Mm -hmm. compared to 10 years later. Like, at AAC, all we had to go on at the time, the night silencer. And so I would listen to the guys, like, what are your complaints? Okay, you do that. And then... You know, the only real competitors then were Surefire and us. They were the only real ones doing stuff. 
and you know it's much different now the market's way bigger you know as a result of the war and like political stuff here in the u.s the demographic commercial market's way bigger so there's a lot of silencer choices and now it's it's well accepted the navy's always been relatively progressive but the army when i started working with them like they had no silencers like they didn't believe in it and that wasn't that long ago 15 years ago like you ask yeah. a guy in sf in the army about sound fuck silencers they're terrible they have it the accuracy suck blah 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 i'm a ranger we're not doing that shit you know it's like the way it was and it's just so stuff keeps getting better but we didn't know even on the industry side then what we didn't know back then like we and i still think if it hadn't been for for the war and how serious the conflict was and how rapidly things were progressing progressing I had um, probably more direct involvement than maybe industry will have for small arms. You know, like the lasers and stuff and night vision, that has to have a lot of involvement. But just on, you know, some of the other hard good side, then anybody will have for a long time because it's like shit had to happen fast. And so, you know, SOCOM kind of pulled the skirt up a little bit and would let us get really involved because they were wanting new product stuff that hadn't been done before and we had to understand what guys actually needed and you know speaking for myself back on that side i didn't know i didn't know anything about titanium versus Inconel and spark like nobody nobody no. really cared because it was like the only reason we're doing this is mass of sound I'm not trying to that's why we we call them suppressors like i've never heard anyone call it a silencer my entire career i've never heard that term yeah and like i even corrected people like hey we're mailing you some silencers dude i've never even heard that like, yeah, we're a silencer company. Really? Like, you ever heard that? Never. It's always suppressor. Yeah. Always. Like, we've, ta- we've talked about that. Like, it was like a taboo thing to say yeah. silencer. It, it, well, like, none of us, like, we're not fucking engineers. Like, I'm an end user. I don't know anything about that other than how to thread it on and use it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, if you want me to tell you if it's too heavy, yeah, it's too fucking heavy. Yeah. You want me to tell you your buttstock sucks? Yeah, it does. Like, you, the forward grip comes off. This happens. That happens. It overheats. Like, I can tell you what it does when I don't clean the fucking thing for six months. Yeah. But it's like, the actual weight of this thing, like, I just know that I'm so exhausted from carrying this thing for eight hours. So by the time I get to Target, man, dude, give me anything right now, except for this. Yeah. Like, we have, yeah. like, with the 416, that thing was so fucking heavy. Yeah. The only thing left on that entire unit was the lower. Like, I have all my furniture downstairs. Yeah. Like, I mean, pick through everything. I stripped that entire fucking gun out. Yeah. I mean, you had to. Yeah. But it's like, I think at a certain level, like, when you ascend... Um, and basically the, the mission set becomes your why you start to experiment you start to make your own gear make your own fucking slings like hey I'm I'm gonna skeletonize my work gun with a bunch of shit from the DTC market because it's better if, yeah if you have the ability and, and you know I experience it in hunting now like if I go hunting and I've gotta go like we're doing spot and stalk stuff and it's at 10,000 feet and like oh my god I don't take care of myself and it's like I'm not taking anything I don't have to have to make a shot. Like, there is nothing. I got one bottle of water, have the lightest sling, fuck the bipod because it weighs a pound. Like, it, it, so We've if you carry a gun, you'll get it. And it doesn't have to be even in, like, you know, no. a, a capacity where it's a two-way range. It, and a lot of those things start to make sense to me. Like, I don't need ambi controls. And, you know, I just don't need all these things because all that shit starts adding up. I mean, like for me, I personally I don't I don't run ambi controls because I can't run them as fast. Mm-hmm. Like the way I put my trigger finger when I slide to actually activate the safety selector, I drive right through that point. If I have right. one there, it, it's slower. That's 
that kind of brings up something when people ask us about uh, doing lefty models all the time. I know you shoot lefty. So I shoot a handgun oh, lefty, yeah. but a long gun righty. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm all fucked up. Um, one of the things Why that... Why is a drone upside down? Yeah, <laughs> one of the things... Yeah, I was inverted. Uh, one of the things that comes up a lot is on handguns is lefty or ambi controls. I hate it. I grew up just having to use my my trigger finger to drop the slide. Mm-hmm. Do you run, do you use your thumb if there's ambi controls, or does it slow you down? I have such a uh, a history of manipulating from you know right handed side. Yeah, uh, it's it's rare. You yeah, know, just but depending on. I mean, two. I have different guns that you know have a lefty mag release. Yeah, yeah. A righty, but. What we're always training for is worst case scenario. We're at your house, and you're a righty. You sure as hell don't have any lefty setups. Right. I better be able to function a right-handed gun. Right. And I think that's kind of a point that, at least when I talk to these people, who ask about, oh, can you make a lefty variant, lefty variant? I'm like, what have you done your whole life? Like, have you not just got like I got used to shooting well, a righty. Have you just you not know, done that? From like, an engineering and manufacturing perspective, when you start adding parts and stuff like that. It's bad. Right. Like you're not making the gun more reliable when you make stuff AMB. I mean, and max, you could it's think like it percent. What's that? Eight percent maybe of yeah. the market's lefty. Yeah. They're very vocal. And eight. people yeah, Kevin they are, they're <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, they got a loud <laughs> fucking yeah. voice in the room, don't they? It's like the guys with small T shirts. <laughs> um, where have all you people lived? Kevin's Kevin's made the or brought it up before too, where people think you just like in the the three D model, they think you just hit flip and flip it to right and then that's it. But they don't understand that is not how you make a lefty gun. All like, control left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. But I'm, I mean it does. And then too, having AMB guns, like I carried a P seven PSP for a while. Uh squeeze cock gun. Flex. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is when they were not it wasn't a flex. Yeah. But you know, you have the the thumb release for them. So, so the the American version or whatever the the M8, it's got the AMB mag yeah. re- thing digs into you, and the mag pops out all the time. It's like it's stupid. Did you carry that as a hand warmer? That gun? No. no. So it'll be it will be a hand warmer. Uh, for yeah, you. just if you shoot. <laughs> um, but every time from a design standpoint, or when you add parts to the gun, like it's not a good thing if you're relying on the gun. Yeah. Don't add shit to it. Like yeah. just don't. Yeah, you kind of talked to them a little bit about downstairs about um even things as simple as putting a shim or putting magic marker on a shim on a muzzle device. Like just that small thing throws something off and you just Man, you there just is the butterfly the effect. Like yeah. you don't know. And and most companies, the commercial market is so big in our country that most companies, number one, don't have actual engineers. Number two, don't do actual testing. And and I would say we would suck at testing if Ethan and I had not spent a dozen years, you know, be having, you know, SOCOM's testing jammed down our throat for everything we did. And, and then you get an understanding and it starts to go into the design phase uh, of firearms. So, like, our, our testing of our own products, you, you know, because we don't want to design something, even if it's for the commercial market, and you guys be like, you know, or, or SOCOM or somebody come to us and be like, hey, we need this for that, and then have to redesign it or explain away something. It's just easier to do it from the beginning. And and you can't fake it. Like, I've been there on the range, and they break the shit out of our stuff and say, please go back and make this right. 
yeah, you, I mean that that doesn't doesn't taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just easy. It's more expensive to do it the right way up front, but overall, it's easier. Because I wanted to ask you guys. So I want I want to do several things. I'm going to talk about what you what else you guys do. But I see you have the uh, Aimpoint on here. Aimpoint or EOTech? What what do you, what do you prefer? Free. Yeah. <laughs> well, that because that's it's that like brings me up a with point. Alcohol. Are you like? Are you guys big gun guys? Like, I think people assume that you're. So, I'm not a fucking big gun guy. Right. I'm not. Um, I shot what I did at work, but I don't turn that fucking thing on, dude. Yeah. Like in the style of shooting that we do, like everything's instinctive. Yeah. Like I mean, that thing confirms it, but like I mean, we'll show you guys today on the range. Like I don't need to sight that fucking gun in to run standards. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. For know. real. So you can go do it, and not even turn the dot on. Yeah. Jesus. Well, you got your reps in. But, I mean, like like our pistol, like um, we talk about overgripping the pistol. We shot one. We shot off both fucking Delta Point Pros. They sheared the bolts off. I'm in the middle of a class, and I was like, here's a lesson. Instinctive shooting. We brought them to the 10-yard line, and we ran every drill with nothing. Yeah. I was like, when we do the heads-up display, and I drive that pistol out in my eye line, it's like shooting a fucking dart. Yeah. It's the same thing. If I make everything the same, and I drive that gun out, head flat and level, and I line it up, it'll be there. Yeah, I've seen you correlate. Pistol shooting, rifle shooting, same stance. It's the same exact thing. Because one just has three points of contact. One doesn't. If you make it the same, then under duress, it becomes muscle memory. Yeah. It's so much easier to not have to relearn. I have to parry this. I have to sweep this arm. I have to trip. Yeah. Like I don't have that many different styles of kung fu. I can do, man. Yeah. I just I, I can't retain it. So we just do what we're we're good at. Like I'll just make everything the same. It's like my right straight looks just like my pistol draw. Yeah. My feet are in the same position. It's walking. It's easy. I mean, me personally, too, the only gunfights I've been in were at nighttime. And there wasn't oh. a unit game out. Mm. I mean, yeah, we sighted in, like, trained for all. Oh, so, so you're saying that rider. this giant, high, ridiculous mount, that's for if you're running nods. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's great now. Like, it comes up to your eye line. You can see it right through the nods. So that's great. So so you actually in combat, you, you didn't have that. So you're just you, were you using the laser? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. You can shoot from the hip then. Who cares? I mean, I ran one deployment. I didn't have an optic on there. I had iron sights. Like, if we got stuck Are you out. serious? Mm-hmm. I can, it makes sense. You get a bunch I of mean, old school dudes. Like, you that. don't think yeah. about it, but when the government's paying for night vision and thermal and the bad guys generally don't have it, it's definitely the time to pick a fight. I mean, dude, like, you run around, you need a flashlight, you need an iron laser. Like, you're not turning that fucking thing. I mean, yeah. not, not unless the sun comes up. Yeah. Like, you spend your entire career in the fucking dark. Yeah. That's why you look at guys like... um. I'll throw a shout out though, dude. Just got a shit from Jamie Caldwell. Yeah, oh yeah, that Jamie. dude, that motherfucker, fucking bass more, fisherman. That bro, yeah. that dude's probably got more time eating MREs on nods than three quarters of people on fucking earth. Yeah, but it's like, so do we. Like, I spent my entire career on those fucking things. Like, there's nothing I haven't done. Yeah, like, like I mean, we talked about the other day. Like, literally nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like you know, everything I've done in the daytime, I've done on fucking night vision at this point. Right. Well, he's cool. confirmed that with some meetings, and pe- he oh, said that people yeah. were like. Literally nothing. He's like, literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, weird shit. But it's like, you get so used to not turning that thing on, it gives a splash back in your face. And we weren't set up for passive shooting. Like that was never. We've never even discussed it. It's never been a thing. It's like the unity mount comes out, and I have to be able to teach it to some of these guys because their department or their SOP require it. What well, do you you think that'll become a thing now? Is it an advantage if you have no? Uh, I mean. It, it is if that becomes your SOP, yeah. um, but it heads up like if you're if you're running true IR. I mean, there's no reason to look through a tube to look through another tube right. to try to superimpose that over you. 
Like, how do you PID a weapon? Yeah, I mean, I, I, see I, mean I guess all that yeah. is is really to get you consistent in how you're pointing the gun and shooting it. Well, I mean, you um, do the same thing. Because with close quarters, yeah. So, the light, yeah, seeing the dot on the dude's fast. But a lot of those guys now with these, the way they set them up, if they revert back to their old cheek well and they drop them down, their nods are going to crash into that thing, and now they've got a skewed optic. Mm-hmm. They've got one tube that flips out. Oh. Um, so that's why I'm not a... I'm not a big fan of the passive shooting. Yeah. I love the ability, but I like that thing because it puts your head in a better display for us to be able to correct you. Right. Because now it's normal. Like, you're just looking here. I don't have to search. I don't have to lean over my lead leg to get all weird. Just stand up fucking normal, man. Yeah. Hmm. Like, sit your weight back, drive that gun up, and look. Just like you're going to shoot a spitball. And so you guys weren't, or were you, the exception? Like, were other guys just not running optics? Is that a... Because it's cool that you bring it up and... If you search for it, you don't ever hear a lot of guys. They'll just tell you. Well, like, if we ask that question, they'll just tell you one. Well, it's probably, I mean, like they said, they did all their stuff at night. And and that's probably, within the military, that's probably rare, I would assume. I mean, I had three different platforms, and specifically the one I wasn't running optics on was an MP7. Mm. He's running laser. Situational dependent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I had no touch I mean, points on all my shit. I yeah, just, yeah. I, I didn't turn them on at yeah, night. Yeah, you didn't need them. Yeah, yeah. No, I turned, if the daytime came on, I turned them on, but. Super dark, too, would have put off light. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I guess if you're probably talking about general infantry or the Rangers yeah, or something, yeah. they're probably using the optics a fair amount. Absolutely. Well, so uh, now. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, are they? Like if everybody's running around night vision now, like yeah, like oh, I mean, they're, they're are they all doing shit at night? Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody's anybody who's out right now, yeah, is doing shit at night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully. God. Well, so now, if they're both free, EOTech or Aimpoint? Hmm. I think that's a shooter preference. What's your preference? Hmm. If I can do a combination. Ooh, I like that. We know the answer is EOTech. That's fine. Okay. We'll move on. All right, so we got that. It's got so a nice reticle. It does yeah, have a nice reticle. It does. So Kevin me, can explain why it's faster to you, too. So for me, just being honest, um, when I dial that thing up, um, I had an overpressure injury years ago in my eye, so I have a TBI-related ocular dysfunction. So like if I try to concentrate, like if I try to zoom in, I can't see. Mm. Looks like I'm looking through cellophane. Um, so the whole EOTech looks like a... Like I can actually pick that one up. When I right. do that one, it fractures. Yeah. yeah. So like if I'm trying to pinpoint, if I'm trying to drill them, I mean, it's not e- really a thing. EOTech's way uh, friendlier on holds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just makes it easier. Because yeah. if not, like we run that, you know, with that elevated riser, it all becomes a math equation. Like height over bore. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a lot easier to explain it to a, a group of fucking young guys. Yeah. Like private business dudes that don't really know the why. Like yeah. Use EOTech. It'll just solve it. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have room for air to take a headshot, so it's like that EOTech reticle definitely helps on offset. I mean, it's fa- I find it even with like movers, like pig hunting, mm-hmm. EOTech is just way better. If you like, uh, I can just get the circle over something and shoot because right? you know you start focusing on you just have that dot, getting the dot just right. And yeah. If you are interested in learning like why it's faster and all that stuff uh, tomorrow, I mean not when this comes out, but tomorrow in real time, uh, we did a podcast with EOTech and they get oh, down cool. and dirty. And it's, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. They actually get the science behind it. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's I learned more on that podcast. The frames your eye can actually process. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, what, like what holography, how it all works. It's crazy. Yeah. And why it's better. And you know, I didn't even realize the difference. Like it's an actual laser in there because that problem, the only problem I have with EOTech at this point is it's bigger and heavier than this. Mm-hmm. 
But then when they explain why and the benefits of it, and you know, and even like I don't generally use magnifiers, but if you do, like that dot doesn't grow where this one does. So if you use a three X magnifier, that dot gets bigger times three, and EOTech doesn't. Um, so it, it was interesting. I, I was totally stoked, and they yeah. showed us a bunch of new products they got coming out at Shot Show, and they, they so the employees bought it back from L three. And so now they're driven to spend money on innovation for small arms and yeah. cool. school. So I'm excited. Anyway, back to GBRS group. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the stuff you guys are kind of giving real time um, feedback on products that I think certain products, a lot of people have kind of fallen for the myths of their favorite, Im- favorite influencers or whatever. Um, and you're just, if it's cool, it's cool. Or if it's good, it's good. If it's not good, it's not good, and here's why we don't think it's good. Um, I mean, it should be. I mean, that's the way the world should be. It should actually be merit. Yeah, and I think the big thing, uh, it's uh, solutions. Like, if you think something's bad, don't just say it's bad, um, and just come up with something like, "Here's how I think you could fix it," and it may be completely wrong, but it's something. It's a solution, um, and I, I, I think that's something that I see that you guys put out a lot. I mean, so. <sighs> Something that drives me fucking crazy is when people start to talk shit. They'll send me a guy's bio and want me to talk shit on him. They'll send me a product. Like, look how fucking stupid this is. Okay. My grandfather was stacking fucking Nazis this tall with an M1 Garand with no fucking sling on it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a mindset thing. Like, that fucking tool will do whatever I tell it to. Yeah. If it will, then it's fucking perfect. Like, whatever I have in my hand is the best tool for the fucking job. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck really what the caliber is. But if it goes bang every time I pull the trigger, and I can minimize the recoil and I can put accurate rounds on target as many as fucking possible, then it's fine. So when people are like, "The Colt M4 is a piece of shit," really, that's a that's a very fucking strange thing to say. <laughs> like I don't and a stupid thing. Yeah. So yeah what? Like hmm. That's <laughs> what? That's strange. Yeah. Or you know, you'll get these fucking dudes that'll just talk shit about everything. Right. Like, you have never even leveled a gun at a human being with the intent to fucking shoot them. You're you're 14 years old. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Or I mean, you get yeah. the latter of the two, but I mean, it yeah, is I mean, a thing that the that social media is really breeding, which is interesting. Yeah, it's like you've got dudes that pour their heart and soul into a fucking product because they're trying to build the fucking better mousetrap, right? And you don't you don't even you're not even educated enough to give a fucking opinion on it. Yeah. You're just talking shit because you want to hate. Really, what you're doing is you're just delaying knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, you're a ruining a fucking possibility because I would have loved to have this fucking gun 10 years ago. Right. Like, yeah. I would have. It's like, we don't have the daisy. I mean, yeah. like, one negative, the right negative influence can ruin, like, generational yeah. knowledge. It, yeah, it's so stupid because with social media, it's rare that the right people get the voice. It, it, it's so funny. You said, like, 10 years ago in guns, and, and that reminds me of when... Um, I think I said this on another podcast, but the uh, NBA finals. So so I love basketball. I can't stand the NBA currently or for like the last 20 years, but I've always loved basketball and played basketball. And Magic Johnson was uh, one of the commentators. He was like a guest commentator in the NBA finals a couple years ago. You know when the Golden State Warriors were dominating. And Steve Kerr was the head coach, and he was on Jordan's mm-hmm. championship team. So somebody knows about fucking winning. And Magic Johnson said, you know, I think our 86 Laker team could beat the Golden State Warriors. And he's like, and they asked Steve Kerr about it. He's like, that fucking idiot. He's like, yeah, 
people get worse over time. Like products get worse. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like we would dominate them by 50 points. Like tell him to be quiet. It, you know, it was like a good thing. Like for the time, mm-hmm. it was the best shit. Now, mm, no. And it should. I mean, products should get better over time. We should, should get better at our jobs. But, I mean, if you're not seeing a steady influx of growth, and I mean, go to the Smithsonian right now and look at the first Medal of Honor. Look at his uniform. That <laughs> dude is five foot one. He was standard height. He weighed yeah. 115 fucking pounds. We've evolved. Yeah. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster, we're smarter. I mean, for fuck's sake, like that's an engineering marvel. Yeah. It is. Because someone sat down and gave enough time and gave a fuck enough about the end user to design it. Yeah. And I, and I actually get complacent. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. I've arrived. Oh, complacency. I've arrived. It's the, like, I mean, it's the enemy of innovation. Mm. I, I, I love it. Like, I do the number one thing you shouldn't do on the internet with haters because I get so many and I fucking love it. Because <laughs> I'll engage their little asses. You certainly will. It's like, hey, okay. You know, and it depends. If it's a real personal attack, like, yeah, it's okay. But then it'll be like, okay, explain, like, oh, 762 by 39 is better than 300 blackout. Okay. How? You know, like, you want to run your fucking mouth, let's talk about it. And it it always ends up the same way. It's a personal thing. It'll it'll Mm -hmm. end up as a personal attack. And for me, it's, like, real easy. It's like, huh, see, you're going after me on the Internet. I've never heard of you. Okay, You've heard of me because of my accomplishments. Accomplishments. So accomplishments. Like, what the fuck have you done? Like, uh, okay, maybe you do know more than me. Like, what do you do for a living? You successful? You a real smart guy? Like, what do you do? Like, I'll listen to you. Well, that's the thing that I think I like to observe uh, when you do engage with certain people where they'll say things to you about programs that you were a part of. (laughs) Directly, and they're just say the most wild shit. And tell me how it went and why yeah. things are the right. way they are. Yeah. yeah. That's well, my favorite thing to observe. Yeah. I, yeah, because I'll engage, you know, for good or for bad. Like, uh, I love the haters. Oh, yeah. my God. Because it's, like I say all the time, keeps me from having to pay for advertising. But even last night, like, I'll engage the cool guys. Like, we decided to have a meetup last minute. And, you know, homie, we have no idea who he is. He's like, dude, I live around here. It's my birthday. Oh, it makes my birthday. I'm going to get to meet you guys tonight, see you guys, blah, blah, blah. And then we <laughs> we get him a birthday card and a birthday present yeah. and wrap it and take it to him. And like we'll engage them, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the haters. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah, people saying dumb shit when they don't know what they're talking about. Do you guys but get a me, lot of negative feedback? I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, no. No, I, I mean, because like, I, I, I don't seem to see it a lot. But what it is, it's a bunch of people that want you to badmouth other people. Mm. It's like... I'll, I'll throw some. Everybody does the army fucking navy thing. I don't oh, know yeah. why, um, but they'll send me a dude who. You I, guys do it. From my experience, it's because of you guys. Oh god, uh, oh. all the great jokes I know about it came from one side or the other. Because no. I work with both equally, and I loved it. I mean, I think there's a rivalry, but yeah, that was the healthy. real, true, like professionals that show up every day will work together. There's a big no fucking difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's like will. playing the game and living the game. There's two different fucking sides of the coin, and it's, the it's always the game, with the haters. Your peers we, are never your haters. Yeah, like we've so, done mutual things together for sure. Yeah. We have. Well, I mean, we like we've talked about it. We've posted the video, but like Garantham is undeniably one of the biggest like gun reviewer YouTube guys. Whatever, uh, he did a video on the Honey Badger. And he has the, great videos. In like the it. opening of it, he said, "I've never had." this many people reach out to me to do a bad review. Like 
people in the industry would pay me to do a bad yeah, review on this. He gun called him out. He said other companies, com- our competitors, they found out he was going to do a honey badger review. Offered him money to say it was bad. Yeah. It's like how fucking pathetic are you? Just you because, do shit like that? just because, and good on him for calling him out. Yeah, just because of the things that Kevin said. Like, if you're going to be a, a shithead, or if you're going to say some crazy shit, we're going to ask you why you think that, and you're not going to be able to. Like, just because of that, like, yeah. well, you guys will see as you grow, too. It, it, it's like you'll get these, whether it's you know, twenty-two year old kids or fourteen year old kids that think they can come into your house and we'll call that like your Instagram or social media page that you own and run and think they can say whatever they want to you and you have to respond in a professional manner and I'm like I view it just like my house like everybody's welcome but you do some dumb shit in my house like get the fuck out and you know I'll give it right back to you like I don't owe someone something if you don't want to buy our products because I'm an asshole then don't buy our products I'm fine with that go somewhere else yeah that's but I'm not going to tolerate a bunch of dumb shit but more importantly it's like misinformation which I think is what you were speaking to like if you don't know what you're talking about shut up or either ask the question and then listen to other people like have some other points of view before you yeah an M4, a Colt M4 is a piece of shit. Like, mm, come on, man. I Fuck think too many talking? people put uh, too much weight in a one-sided story. Mm-hmm. They yeah. forget that there's two other sides. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. Well, of and people, because social media has given everyone the ability to share their opinion, they feel as though they need to share their opinion or that their opinion needs to be listened to. Or that to. it matters as much as someone who has actual experience. Right. Like if I take a Chris Costa class, then I know everything you guys know, so shut up. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, like yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, like you shot with Travis Haley once. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. do you walk around with that fucking certificate? Do you hand that yeah, out? Yeah. Like, is that or your identification card? Yes, yeah, I yeah. do. It's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Like, these guys will, like, they'll send us these resumes. Like, I took three classes with so-and-so. Okay, yeah. like what? And then they're offended when I'm like, "We're not hiring instructors." Yeah, like, and if I hate to, I hate to say it, dude, but like, if you didn't work at a tier one unit, like, it's not even an option. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what you want from. I me. mean, it makes sense because even from, you know, combat development or whatever, within those organizations, like most of the time, that's what it has to be. No, you have and to be selective. Yeah, you guys employing gold star kids. That's the coolest thing I've learned since I've been here and so stoked on you guys. And I tell you, John, that little kid out there, oh, my Lord, what a treasure he is. Yeah. That kid, oh, he is so hyped for all of this. He's so into it, absorbing everything. Like, what a great attitude he has. Man, that's incredible. And I'm sure, you know, his dad is, you know, one of the guys that, you know, advanced armament we were supporting for years and trying to build stuff for. Um, so man, that really touched me and I love the fact that you guys are doing that. And, you know, for me, if you guys, you know, if you have merch, if you have swag and doing that sort of stuff, if for, you know, I, I, people listening to this podcast, like that's a reason to support this place. Like if you can't come do training or the other things you guys do, if you guys have hats and shirts and all those things. I mean, the fact that there's a, 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 you know, a room full of Gold Star kids down there managing stuff for you guys. Do you guys put the trust into them? You give them a place. You're helping them out. You know, it's easy for me to show up like a rich asshole twice a year to Sock F events or whatever and donate product and money and all that. But you guys actually engaging it every day. That's awesome. Yeah. So so shout out to you guys for that. That's, that's the greatest thing I've heard since I've been here, honestly. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. 
Yeah, dude. You know, we grew up with them. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Like, I've, I've known them all since they were, like, knee-high to a duck. Yeah. Before everything happened. Um, so, I mean, it's weird. Like, yeah. All their all their moms are friends of my wife. Like, we all kind of grew up together. And then this thing happened. You know, we had the skateboard company going with Tribe Skates and needed some help to start this place. And it's like, hey, let's hire a bunch of people that we know that we actually trust. Yeah. And then they just never left. We're like, hey, if you stay, like, we'll pay you just to stay here. And it's like the collective, like, just how out of the box it came. Because they weren't. I mean, like, you know, it's bad on us. It's bad on the community. But we isolate them. And then we tell you it'll be okay. And then before you know it, like, we've bubbled them right. for pretty much their entire childhood. And now we release them into the wild. Like, Megan just graduated in the middle of COVID. Mm. Like, yeah, what a weird time to well, have like, any sort of transition in life. So Jesus. fucking Talia... Fucking um, captain of the soccer team at ODU University. Mr. Fucking Pro Card because of COVID. So he offered that up like, I'll pay for your trainer. Oh. I'll pay for your diet. I'll give you a year paid off. Like, we'll send you over to Europe. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just don't you don't know. leave officially. Like, let's keep money in your fucking pockets in the middle of COVID, dude. Like, you can't. Yeah, that's yeah, like, Yeah, like, we try to keep them in here and nurture them, but, you know. Because it is. I mean, from what I saw, the, I mean, the age range down there and everything, it's like really entering adulthood. Yeah. It's like and it is a weird time. To 21. To, yeah. And, um, yeah, how enthusiastic oh, John is. Yeah. I Stoked. mean, he, he's 21 and, like, loves guns, loves what you guys have Jared done. Tapper built that yeah. fucking whole kill house by himself. Yeah. Like him and John hoist, hoisting up walls. But, dude, we were busy, man. Like, we were on the road. We couldn't do it. Yeah. Gave you the dimensions. We taped it out on the floor. We came back, and I think it was like... Slapping it up, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you would believe what they were a year ago. Oh, dude. The confidence they have now and their capabilities. Well, that too, you guys are mentoring them as well as giving them the job. And like and you told me before, like you had mentors growing up, whatever. And I don't think that's as common as people people understand and like how crucial that is. So, like, no one knows it, but they will now just fucking say it. Tribe Skates is completely run by Goldstar. Yeah, I don't do anything with that. I let them take pictures of me and tank tops and we sell them. That is it. I do nothing. Like I go down there and I sand skateboards when I'm having a super bad day and then we sell them on fucking line. That entire e-commerce store, everything is ran by them. Yeah. All of it. So and all the money, they're the only ones on payroll. Yeah. Like that's a rule. That's well, it. have we talked about that? So you guys have a company called Tribe Skate. So it's set up and now you have these gold star kids running. So it's skateboard stuff, which obviously close to my heart because it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And... I didn't understand you guys are actually. I thought you're just printing boards that were, you know, like decks from Mexico. Mm. No, so you guys are are forming the decks. You're sanding them. So not pressing them. Um, oh, tried that once. Them. We can't do them anymore. So <laughs> we get the blanks um, for the fracture burn stuff. We sand them down. We burn them. I mean, that's a. We went through the entire step. I mean, it's a six day process for mm -hmm. board. Yeah. So just a man hours to go into it, but it's a labor of love. Like we're not doing that to yeah. keep the lights on. We're doing that to keep them motivated. I mean, for Jared to go down there and spend six hours in solitude and just of his own thoughts, like it's good for him, man. It's good yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Go down there and take your 20 minute walk and go sand fucking skateboards for eight hours. Like you will be in a Zen spot. You can turn anything into therapy, the right mindset. Well, true. I mean, that's an artistic thing. And I mean, I do it with our company with fucking box art. Like I use magic markers and draw in our boxes. And you know, before you know it, people, they'll send me DMs, offer me hundreds of dollars for me. I'm like, yeah, that's not why I do it, and I'm not going to be obligated to it, and you just get one if you get one. Mm -hmm. So so I get that whole thing, too, and like a physical activity, but also a creative one. But, I mean, the mentorship, I think, what what you said of what you guys do, and it's way more important than a job. 
and I and I think it's easy for me to be old and like ridicule younger people, but you know, you guys have everything in the world you would ever need to know at your fingertips. Like I was talking to you about my son, and you know, if something's fucked up in the house, like uh, w- whatever it is, anything in the house. And I tell him to go fix it because he'll just go Google it and watch YouTube videos and he can do anything in the world. But the mentorship, because, yeah, learning, like how have you all learned to do things? Whether it's like, you, you know, you go through whatever, basic or you go through buds or any sort of training. I mean, for me, my mentorship, um, I was a kid, got interested in guns. I worked in a gun store. And then Max Atchison, who was a gun designer and... um uh, you know, at the time of Stoner and Jim Sullivan and Max Atchison, he did the uh, Atchison Assault 12, so it's a thing in the 80s, the full auto shotguns, probably yeah, in Call of Duty. 12, yeah. So, you know, he was my mentor with guns. And, you know, like, everybody needs that. Like, you can read a fucking book, but it's good having the hands on and seeing someone else do something. So, anyway, I yeah. applaud you guys. That's cool. And it got me, like, super more excited about this and what you guys are doing. And then, Hearing John's story. So his mother, had what, what's the foundation that she has? All in all the time. All in all the time. You said, so Sock F is a big contributor to that one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. I so, mean, everybody is. Like, everybody on the 757 is like, that's, they'd say it's a homegrown chair, but it really is. Like, yeah. it's got a really big, it's got a really big push here. That's, and they do just everything. Well, when did, um, John, when did he lose his dad? Uh, oh, wait. Yep, oh, wait. Oh, wait. The uh, day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, February 13th. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that's a charity that his mom started and is still going on. And mm-hmm. so Sockup, that's one we've always really supported. I told you guys because you know Dave Kramer, who's in charge of that. He and I are from the same spot and know each other. And actually, when I moved to New Hampshire, I gave him my Land Cruiser. Like I had an '88 Land Cruiser that was meant that I got actually from one of y'all's cousins at Bragg, and it was '88. So fuel injected, hundred nineteen thousand miles when I got it. Oh, so meant. And I'd see Dave, you know, like a couple of times a month, and he was like, "Man, I want one of those so bad." And he's like, he just kept on. If if you ever sell that thing, this was for years, and you know, I drive it like a thousand miles a year. And uh, then when he started sock F and was doing all that, and you know, like God, I was touched by it. And it's like donating so much of his time for nothing uh, uh, other than the fulfillment of supporting a community that he cared about and i was moving to new hampshire and i didn't want to bring it up here and i called him over one day and well you know like i was leaving that day and i just gave him the keys and the title he starts like crying in the driveway it was like so cool talked to him the other day he's like yeah me and the boys use it camping all the time it's awesome good deal but yeah yeah what a great dude and a charity that um if he's donating their money because you know they have a hundred percent pass through nobody at sock f takes a penny if he's donating it to this charity, then, yeah, I would believe in it. I mean, that's all I know about it, but that's cool. Yeah, um, he's big into the Gold Star kids, like Dave's a family dude. I mean, unfortunately, living in this small town, man, it's the biggest small town I've ever been to. I mean, like you go to Walmart, like, you run into three or four families you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the Gold Star community, they stay here. Right. So you see them on a daily basis. Like, I'm married to a Gold Star. Yeah. Like. Oh, really? Yeah, most people don't know that. Yeah, I'm married to Gold Star. Jesus, so, like, you guys are really inbred. Yeah. Bro, like, we are inbred. Like, we are. But Explains like, the nobody takes better care ridiculous of strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the wood burning of the boards. Uh, have you ever gotten into 
You're fucking riding the lightning. Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah this table. Bro. This give you PTSD right here. You kind of you kind of told us about it, and I was fucking wild. So I don't know if it's something know. you want to talk about. It gave me or? super anxiety. I don't even know if I want to hear it again. Dude, so I had just came back from, uh, I was starting my medical retirement board, getting ready to push. I had my retirement date. Um, that shoulder surgery fucking did me. In so that. they're like, we don't know. So he's like, let me go fuck myself <laughs> yeah. up a little more. Like, so, yeah, right. right before right. I get electrocuted on Father's Day. Yeah, like reset everything. Shattered, shattered right collarbone. Shattered left scapula. Blew out of both my hands. Blew out of my thighs. Everything. So this was doing, doing the fracture burning. So we're out there Father's Day mm. morning. Mm-mm. I've got a bunch of paddles. I'm uh, I'm gonna burn for an EOD retirement. Guy comes over, drops them all off, and we're shooting the shit. I've been out there since 530 so, in the morning. So, so for everybody listening, it's basically putting electricity through this wood. You burn it. You burn all these cool things, and you pour some sort of epoxy in it, yeah. sand it down. It looks fucking awesome like this yeah. table. So it's a microwave transformer we've pulled out, hooked it up to jumper cables. Oh, drawn that out safe. Lead. Yeah. So you basically hook it on there. It's all Stick connected your by to a, it. It's fine. It's connected by an octopus outlet. Yeah. Turn it on, bolts, unplug it, unplug everything. Now we're good. Why didn't you just do that? I did. Oh. Um, so we're getting through. We've been burning all morning. And um, around the last paddle, my wife knocks on the bay window. The kids are in there eating breakfast. And she's like, it's fucking Father's Day, man. We got to go. Got to go right now. So last paddle. In the confusion, because uh, I had him sanding paddles. So he's plugged into the octopus outlet. In the confusion, sander gets unplugged. Machine gets plugged in. So the two leads that are running 60,000 volts or whatever it is, is sitting on the ground live and i don't know it so you go to pick like, it up there's a fucking there's water hose going like i'm standing in water i am like mm. but it's because i control the aspect so right. i know i know the condition i'm standing in. i fucking didn't man i reached down and i grabbed those things and i went to readjustment wow it fucking sent me and i remember it crystal fucking clear like i remember the metal winding up in my mouth i mean i can taste it mm. i can feel my teeth getting fucking hot i remember watching him run around left and right Screaming, fuck, 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 fuck. I took a step back, and I remember uh, it felt like my kneecap went through my asshole. And it blew me across the yard, and I heard a loud snap, and I hit the ground. I remember shaking, and uh, I remember him running over to the, basically where the octopus salad is, and everything went white. I black out. I wake up a couple seconds, and he's standing over me face to face. He's, do you know where you're at? And all this smoke came out of my mouth. Fucking hair was smoking. <laughs> my hands were all fucking. That's so horrible. Up. And I looked at him. And I was like, "I'm on the fucking ground." He's like, "Are you okay?" And I went, "No, no, man, I'm not." Like my collarbone's definitely fucking broken. I think my shoulders are socket. Like I heard it before I stepped back. Um, and you said that was from the the just the contraction of the muscles. Yeah, because I had a I had to lead my right hand to lead my left. Yeah. So just squeezed as tight as I could, and then boom, they both went. So that right shoulder, what I think, is I had the Mumford. Mm. bicep tendinesis, um, a bunch of labral pairs, like seven screws in it. When you do the Mumford, they cut out a section of your collarbone about a fucking quarter of an inch where it connects to the AC joint. I think that, now that it's shorter, made it a different oh, hinge right. point. And when I flexed as hard as I could, it snapped, it shattered it, threw fucking pieces into my trap. Like, it was awful, man. Yeah. But I remember standing up, I was telling some of the guys earlier, um, told my wife, I'm, I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. Um, I remember standing up, didn't have shirt on, didn't have shoes on, had a pair of board shorts that had holes burnt through them. And I stood up and I took a step and then everything kind of tunnel visioned in like inch by an inch. And I took another one. 
It's like the Kill Bill scene, the five finger yeah, death yeah. punch. Like I'm on step four and it's right here. I take my fifth and I go totally fucking blind. Nothing. Like freeze. I start getting a little wobbly. Nobody's there. My wife's ran inside. She's trying to get on shoes. She's got to take me. We've got the kids there. She's got to call her mom to come watch him. Um, the Navy guy that's there, he's like, hey, I'll fucking drive him. Trying to get me in the truck. Like, but I can't move. Like, I'm shattered, bro. I can't do anything. Like, right. I don't want to move my fucking hands. Like, at any moment, I'm just going to keel over and die. And now I'm blind. I take a big breath. Like, start to hyperventilate a little bit. Take one more step in. Yeah, it's probably a good time for a panic attack right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I'm trying to flood my body with oxygen to do something like, because it feels like I can feel my heart. Like, it's a slow pump, man. It's fucking weird. Like, I'm when such it's over, a pussy. Benadryl does that to me. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean, though? Like, you think you're no, yeah. fucking... Bum, yeah, bum, you're bum, standing bum, in your front yard or wherever, no, or backyard, and you think you're about to die. Uh, I mean, me like, also being a father, I would just think I do not want my kids to see this. Yeah, like, I, that's why I moved to the side of the house. Like, I want to die on the side of the fucking yeah, house. Yeah. My kids are in the fucking backyard looking right. at me. And all this shit's going yeah. through my mind. Like, if they would have ran up and grabbed me, they both would have got hit with the voltage. Yeah. The old lady would have ran out. She would have fucking grabbed me. Thank God that dude was there yeah. to unplug me. Thank God he had the wherewithal. Yeah. If he, if he would have grabbed me, my wife would have went out and grabbed him. Yeah. Kids would have ran out. Grab mom. Yeah, I'm gonna I could have killed the fucking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, now so, I just do it in isolation. I'm like, if you see me, just call the fucking fire department, man. Yeah. Like, don't even come touch me. But either way, we get loaded up in the truck and we drive there. Um, we hit every pothole on the way. Yeah, of course. Um, we did the oh, x-rays. Oh, collarbone. That's nice. Yeah. So we did the x-ray. They laid me down on my back. So when you see the shattered bone, it looks normal. Mm -hmm. um, they should have stood me up. So I walked around for five days. Actually, no, a full week, almost 10. I finally get new images shot. Now I'm standing up. They were going to see if they needed to do a surgery. They're like, hey, man, we might be able to get by with this with just a, um, just a sling. We don't know how bad it's actually fractured because it was so swollen, the burns and everything. Right. It was fucking weird. Um Dude, they laid or they stood me up and shot that X-ray, and that thing was completely inverted. Like I had a piece that was sitting there. I called my PA. I called John in the middle of the night, and I was like, "Hey, bro, I think I'm having tension pneumothorax. Like I think I punctured a fucking lung." And he's like, "DJ, that's a serious fucking thing. Like that's no shit." I'm talking to him on the phone. Like I'm looking for bilateral fall of the chest. Like I'm I'm trying to look for the signs. Like I'm feeling like shit every time I would breathe. Basically, my lung would inflate, and there would be something that would pierce it. So oh. I'd have to shallow breathe for fucking 10 days, man. We went in there for surgery, and he looked at the x-ray, and he's like, dude, tomorrow morning, 0-5, let's go. Got two plates and 27 screws, and dude, it's fucking awful. The yeah. scapula was twice as bad. Yeah. You can't do anything for it. Uh, Just in a sling, double slings, I can't use my hands. I can't do anything. Yeah. Having my wife bathe me was the worst thing that's ever happened. She's Spanish, and she bays me in reverse. <laughs> she takes a loofah. She washes my hair. She washes my, my face. She washes my whole body, and then she rewashes my ass. <laughs> <laughs> then goes straight to my face and does it again, but I can't stop her. I can't yeah. do anything. I'm just I'm, I'm twisting my head to yeah. fucking Is touch she me. Like, no. no. It's she a thinks it's totally fucking normal. <laughs> it happens the next day, and then the next day, and I'm like, hey, honey. I'm very appreciative. I am. Yeah, thank you for like, doing this. But thank you. Do you wash your ass and then your face? And she's like, No. Like, Why are you doing it to me? <laughs> she's like, Ah, oh, fuck. Because you're Dude, an asshole. Like, what yeah. You, yeah, come on, man. You're uh, killing me here. So, so you stopped doing this electric burn stuff then? 
No, man. Oh. I, had to, I had to finish those paddles. <laughs> yeah, how quickly? It's uh, like were Jay you back with the there? drone. Here yeah. we are again. Four days? Uh, I mean, I'd have to look at my picture. Uh, the day after I got out of the hospital. It's like I had to stay there, I think, overnight for a day or two days, maybe. Strapped in and went for it again. Dude, I woke up at 5.30. I walked out there in double slings and laid that board down. I had to finish them. But, like, it's the same thing as skydiving. Same thing as anything else. Like, when that thing bites you on the fucking ass and, like, you see it come out to grab you and you survive it, just get back on and do it again. You have right. a cutaway in skydiving, get on the fucking next load and get back on there and do it, or you're going to sit there and let it eat yeah, you think for about the rest it. of your fucking life. Yeah. You'll eventually talk yourself out of doing it again. Yeah. No, just go do it again. Just go. That's why I'm back on the drone. <laughs> <laughs> get her, man. You're such a champion. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you. you were such an inspiration. Yeah, thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, his that. story is stupid. Yours, yeah. though? Oh, yeah. So I, inspirational. It's crazy because... That, that's insane. When John was up off camera, we kind of talked about it a little bit, and he had, he didn't get into any details. He was like, yeah, DJ got he got electrocuted real bad, and like it, it fucked him all up. And... Gave no context. So I think everyone assumed it was when you were on the teams or whatever. And then um, one of the fog dudes no, was that, like, no, that, it was when he was making paddles. Man, <laughs> that's, that's something. I mean, y- you know, survive guys all survive bullshit. all that shit. Yeah. And they're in their yard. Doing what you want to do. Doing something dumb. <laughs> doing things that you want to do, too. Yeah, dude. It's, ah. like, it's not even like that was art therapy. Right. And it well, is it a killed. thing where like it, if you guys had not had the training, had the benefit of that? Like, you, you would have all died skydiving. Like, you mm. go and grab electricity, and you think, oh, I can, like, my kids, my idiot kids, like, hey, I'll just uh, YouTube this. I'm all good. And here you are, laying in the yard, smoking. I mean, it's all fun and games, man. Until it's mm. not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that whole story, now I've heard it twice in a day, causes me so much anxiety. <laughs> I hate it. I'm, yeah. I'm just so glad you survived it. I don't understand how. I just... I'm disappointed you're still doing it. it. It jacked up your hands for like a long time, too, no, yeah? Yeah. 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 I, a, I was going to say you've had... I just had surgery. surgery. My th- I had surgery my thumb this year. I mean, yeah. I had to. Like, I, I couldn't even What was that? Because of the nerves? or It blew out a big hole right there. Oh. Um, so, like, I, I could only open up my hand to like there. Mm. So, when guys would go to shake my hand and drive in, oh. it burned a hole through my palm connected to the tendon, connected oh. to the nerve bundle. So, anytime you would apply pressure, it felt like you were going to fucking rip my thumb off yeah so driving down to pull my pistol out of retention every single time like we get done with the range i'd be sweating like dude i'm fucking done dude i can't do it anymore like it, it takes a lot for me to go under the knife because i really don't like it because i don't like the i don't like physical therapy mm. it was like it took a lot for me to get that hand down. i'm so glad i did it but it, it worked that you don't have that sen- sensation um, when you go to do stuff i mean I, that's why i still do the grip stuff like it it's a daily struggle to get it back like if i don't like i can't get it all the way open <sighs> It'll kind of fuse. But yeah, I mean, like, they cut it from there yeah. all the way through. All, all I know is our, our homie, the Scorpion King, Chad, I'm not going to let him do a table like this for me. No. Because I, I don't want him. You don't need that on your conscience. No, 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 no. Well, if you want, like, me and, uh, me and the boys will fly out. I'll, I'll bring the kit. We'll burn it. You place. will not. <laughs> you can come. You will not do that in my yard. I don't even think council will allow it. But even other than that, like, I like you enough now. I'm not. Nah, and, I, and your wife's Spanish. I'm not dealing with that no, crap yeah, if dude, I kill you at my house. Yeah, you don't uh-huh. need part of that shit. No. Like Spanish from Spain. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh real yeah. Spaniard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. You know, that's where that's where I went to school. I went to. Really? Yeah, I went to law school in Spain. Where? In Valladolid, so, like, northern Spain. Okay. Um, yeah, she was in Caddy's. Um, uh, yeah. So. 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 Um, that was the one place in Europe at the time, and, and 
you young pups won't understand. This is still while the IRA was around because I went to summer school one year in uh, Paris and then one year in London. And in London, like a bunch of buildings were all blown up because of the IRA and shit. So it's back and you know, like the Spanish terrorists, like in northern Spain, they were pretty active then. Yeah, too. Is that um, mm, at the back then, at least I don't know if it was back then, mm, but it, it recently, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, near like Catalonia I don't know and that stuff. it was, Dude, but like they're all Madrid. It's fucking scary. But you know, in northern Spain, they're on the French border, like in the Basque Country. It's all like it seems like they've been terrorists for thousands of years. Yeah, like the whole that whole like Catalonia area is Dude, strange. Like, I'm talking to talking to my wife's grandmother uh, about back in the days, like Hitler, Franco. Yeah, yeah, Franco. Dude, yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea how bad that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it makes sense if you think about it. If you don't have, like, mass media and everything, like, if, if you get in power and you're in charge of a country, like, why are you going to give it up? And you can control the narrative. Look at I Vlad. mean, you understand how, like, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. I Putin, mean, Vladimir he Putin. That, recently he signed the thing. He's like, oh, there's a new rule. I can be the president or whatever till 2035 now. Yeah. <laughs> and and everyone's like, oh. Okay, you know, yeah. or China. Or you think, like, North Korea. Like, though, that crazy son of a bitch. So the whole story for the people is, oh, we had there was World War Three and North Korea won it and we defeated America and you know like that's what all the people believe because yeah. they control the media. <laughs> yeah. I know oh, it's crazy God. as fuck, like oh, knowing the truth. Yeah. But if you're there, like, how would you know otherwise? Like, they turn off Facebook, they turn off the internet. Like, you d- you don't know. And make you get vaccines. And yeah, kinds of weird yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could understand like becoming a tyrant. I mean, but now it, it's like, uh, yeah, now it's easier to get the message to people that yeah, shit's not right. But yeah, I think in most of those countries, but Spain, oh my god. So it was the one country in Europe where they still liked Americans. I had many great times there. Yeah, it, it was a it was a wonderful time. Spanish women. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Okay, well, I'm glad you survived that. Uh, I'm not sure I'm excited about you continuing to do this, but hopefully you don't make the same mistake twice. Not sure you can survive it. You had to have upgraded your system now, right? Like, there's got to be something. You're doing it a different way. So we had one of the guys, uh, there's a there's a company that sponsors vets to come through, and we fracture burn with them and show them how to do it. One of the kids that went through actually built a box. Oh, okay. With a step down. It's not like a Wawa pattern. Right, yeah. Tattoo machine. Yeah. Fucking great. So, yeah, we got some upgrades. You're way safer now. We still got the old machine. Still got <laughs> Old Faithful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old. Yeah, the car battery and the jumper I, I, cable. I, 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 I think that's not the right name for that, Old yeah. Faithful. All right. Well, I don't know. Now, now that my anxiety's through the fucking roof. <laughs> Cole, what do you got? You got anything? You, we, we got a, a Hallmark story now to... <laughs> Yeah, Nicole stories. One. Yeah, can, can we end this on a well, I mean, on like, a like you, note? You need to you need to introduce yourself any fucking way. You didn't. Even yeah, do that's it. right. Yeah, I'm starting to run our mouth. Uh, I'm Cole Fackler. I'm the COO and CFO of GBRS Group. Uh, born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, went into teams. O three got medically retired. May of 2020. Um, that's me. <laughs> Okay. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when you joined the Navy, uh, how how long before you're on team? Um, went straight to boot camp, then A school, then buds. Oh, Uh, so just your whole career. Yep. But even I mean, to be on it, like by the time you're on a team, what was it like two years, something like that? Yeah. Uh, What? I mean, I joined in November '02, and we were in Iraq in um, March of '05. 
Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, we graduated buds in February of 04. Yeah. And we were in Iraq of. Right. Yeah, we graduated four. buds in 04 on my birthday. Yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of a weird transition time. It's kind of like straight over. Yeah. Um, now it's just a lot longer. The pipeline is just fucking longer. Yeah. Like going from boot camp to buds is so much longer. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's thousands of kids who want to be Navy SEALs now. Right. Back in the day, it's like you uh, went, you mean, went to boot camp with 500 people and that's three of you, you went guys. to buds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, too, how each branch is different in the sense that, so, like, EOD, like, the Air Force for EOD, you have a 12-month. Once you're done with your, your tech school, you have a 12-month at least, like, on-job training period before you're deployable. And then, like, you look at the Army and they're straight out of tech school, they can do, or they're whatever, AIT or EOD school, whatever, they're out there deploying. And, like, there's a lot of, there's a pretty high mortality rate with those dudes. And I think a lot of that is because of that. They have no on-the-job training, and they just are deployed. So it's weird that, I assume it's like you're saying, it's different now where dudes are getting onto teams and they're not immediately going on a pump. Mm. Unless it is. I mean, like, most of those guys, they try to they try to time it and give them a full workup. So a okay, lot of the yeah. rotations run a two-year rotation. Right, yeah. So, like, our deployment cycle just the way it was back then was like oh five oh seven it was like yeah you know you had a full 18 months of a workup and then you rolled yeah so sometimes you get caught weird but it's usually not on your first one because that's kind of hard like you show up two weeks later you're in iraq like dude i was doing log pt on thursday like right. like that was the joke like you're still shitting buds chow <laughs> yeah. it's like you literally you don't know anything like, yeah. on my shitting it, buds dude, yeah. until my second deployment i didn't even know where my ass was like, yeah you know what i mean I you mean, don't know anything i mean i think one topic uh Kind of worth noting or talking about is is the transition. Oh, um, God, it's a fucking transition word. out. You mean? Yeah. Mm. Basically, reinventing yourself. I mean, most people get out. That's the killer. Right? Yeah, it's it's got to be like yeah. weird because like you're at kind of a weird age then too. Because I assume for most people it's late, late 30s. 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. It's a weird time in life in general. I mean, even retiring, like he would have retired at. 38 over retired at 37 you retired two years early like but i mean so neither of us have high school education or sorry neither of us have college education barely high school. i was gonna say whoa yeah, yeah i mean yeah. Done, done some you know executive college different mba courses but uh no i mean it we've been used to learning by a fire hose and on the job training well, okay. Well, with that, so you guys doing this, so you seem to have found a niche within our industry. So so where is this place in five years? What are you guys wanting to do? I mean, I think the biggest thing that steers this company is our brand truths. Um, and what we stick to is um, not prostituting ourselves out in the sense of working with companies that it's a one-night stand. It's a, it's a long-term thing. And if we look at you know, strategic partnerships and long-term partnerships. It's, we believe in your products and we would absolutely take them to war right now. Or we think we can help you get them to where we take them to war and believe in them. And have, you know, no questions about that vice. We take cool pictures and don't really give a shit, but we fucking care. (laughs) 